Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey everybody, welcome into the flagship podcast. Hope everyone's being safe and healthy as much as possible. And let's get through this and hopefully get on to uh, a football season. Hey, joining me as always, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the fearless one. We call her T-Bone. Taylor Estes. Taylor, how you doing? I'm good. I'm ready for this uh, month, which seems to be the longest month in the history of um, basically since I've been alive, <laughs> be over with because I'm ready for some positivity, Chip. Yeah. Right now. I mean, I, there's a meme that I just found ridiculously funny and it's not, um, but it said, just to be clear, today is March 97th. <laughs> That's so true, right? I mean, it, yeah. So I hope everyone's doing okay. We actually have some breaking news. We're recording this on Tuesday, and um, Texas and Gonzaga men's basketball have announced a home and home uh, basketball series that would begin at the Irwin Center on November 13th. So let's, uh, let's, continue to bunker down and, and beat this coronavirus and get back to our, our day-to-day lives. Um, and Taylor, we did get a chance to talk to Tom Herman um, this week, so we'll have that. We've got a lot of things to talk about, and um, we, you'll hear from Tom Herman in his own words about a lot of really interesting things that he's having to deal with with regard to the coronavirus and also we're going to have a bonus podcast this week because um, we were able to track down Eddie Reese the goat the man that uh, Chris Del Conte calls Yoda the 14-time national championship men's swimming coach at Texas who had the number one team in the nation and did not get to go to NCAA's uh, for what would likely have been his 15th national championship. And just getting uh, into the mind of uh, Eddie Reese, who I've been covering Texas 28 years, so I've been here 28 of his 41 uh, seasons at Texas. Of course, he's won the conference championship in swimming all 41 of those years. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that one because I mean, is there a a more successful collegiate coach in I mean any athletics history? Like it, that's something that's beyond impressive in my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know what? I should know that right off the top of my head, but I will know it uh, <laughs> by the end of this podcast. I promise you that. Um, and Taylor, the. Uh, Obviously, everyone's, you know, thinking about football, uh, it, good or bad. I mean, we, we all look forward to football. It's, it's, the, it's my absolute passion, college football. 
and over the weekend, um, one of the icons of Texas football, the Tyler Rose, Earl Campbell, celebrated his 65th birthday. So happy birthday to Earl Campbell. My, my two most lasting impressions of Earl Campbell as a kid watching him play was um, the Skull commercial that he cut when he became <laughs> Houston Oiler, where Earl is on the beach and looks like he's the most uncomfortable guy at the beach you've ever seen. But and this, dip and skull. <laughs> oh yeah, dip and skull. And this girl's beach ball rolls up, and then all of a sudden you see him walking off with the girl and saying "skull, brother," which I love. <laughs> and tearaway jerseys, his tearaway jerseys, which seemed illegal for Earl Campbell to be allowed to wear tearaway jerseys because grabbing onto his jersey was like grabbing onto a piece of wet Kleenex. If you thought <laughs> you we're gonna pull Earl Campbell down. Uh, with a jersey tackle so um and of course i've since uh you two uh taylor have had a chance to meet him know him and and his kids and uh earl is he's a gem he is an absolute treasure uh for the texas longhorn nation yeah no doubt about it you know i he was much before um my time of being alive but uh it's funny chip because a few years ago so i grew up you know, in uh, Mission Viejo, California. And my dad grew up in California his whole life. Like that's, I mean, they lived, you know, different stops when he was playing baseball, but um, they, you know, that's where he's always had his roots. My parents still live out there. And um, a few years ago, we, I decided to take my parents through the University of Texas tour of the uh, Royal Memorial Stadium and the one thing, you know, my dad, he, lo- he loves sports and he likes football, but he's not super well versed in it. He's not some diehard Texas fan, anything like that. You know, my parents root for Texas because they paid out of state tuition for me to go there. So they kind of feel like they have to root for them. <laughs> but um, the one thing that my dad really wanted to do was to see Earl Campbell's statue when we did the stadium tour. And it was so cute because I have the picture of him and he's just looking up at the statue. And then later... You know, Chip, you've met my dad before and people who know him. He's not really the goofy type. He's, I mean, he, he's just a genuine guy, but he's not the, you know, type that really jokes around a ton or anything like that. Um, and his thing that he wanted to do, you got to go on the field at, towards the end of the tour. He put on a Texas helmet and he asked me, which he never asked me to take pictures of him. He goes, Taylor, will you take, or we call me Missy. He always calls me Missy. Um, will you take a picture of me doing the Heisman pose? I was like, Dad, you you know that people pose for pictures in the Heisman pose? Like, I thought for sure you would never even think of something like that. But it was just basically to honor, you know, Earl Campbell. And I think that alone just shows the magnitude of the type of player he was because this is a guy, literally, you know, a baseball player, hardly watched a ton of football that was so enamored with Earl Campbell that, you know, however many years later, that's all he wanted to do on the UT campus tour. (laughs) How about that? Yeah, so Ouch. happy birthday to Earl for sure. Okay, and I have your, I have your answer on the uh, national championships. Okay. Won by um, other coaches, mm-hmm. and this is astounding to me. I cannot believe this is is accurate, but my gosh, um, John McDonald. The track coach at Arkansas has won 40 national oh. championships. 
what about conference champions? That's more where I was the 41. I was. Oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, that's got to be. I mean, who who's been around that long, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 40 national championships. 40 national. Of course, they have uh, men's indoor, outdoor and cross country. He won 19 men's indoor track titles. 11 men's cross country and 10 men's outdoor. Wow. Track field titles. Yeah. From 1984 to 2006. Okay. So he's not an active coach anymore. No. Okay. That's interesting. Good to know. Eddie Reese at 14. He's actually um, Pat Henry, uh, Texas A&M's track coach, has 35. See, those track coaches, they they have um, three seasons per year yeah so let's divide it by three yeah that's tough that's gonna be tough yeah for sure well on average we'll say for the track coaches i do reese up there (laughs) depending on three yeah be looking for the uh eddie reese podcast that one that one will be worth listening to over and over again or like once a year the guy has so much wisdom um but taylor let's get into uh our conversation with tom herman this week because uh, we did get a chance to talk to them. They, UT said they waited to find out what the latest uh, Big 12 uh, coronavirus guidelines would be. They put down initial guidelines on March 12th when it seemed the whole world went upside down with uh, the coronavirus, the um, you know, Rudy Gobert testing positive, the Tom Hanks announcing he had it the NCAA tournament getting canceled and the, the big 12 uh, and the sec were the only two of the power five conferences to uh, prohibit meetings and really kind of went into more detail than the big 10, the ACC and the PAC 12, which really just said no organized team activities, which left a lot of, room for other things like virtual meetings between coaches and their student athletes, as well as um, sending out exercise equipment uh, for mm-hmm. kids to work out because pretty much everyone has sent their students home to, to learn online and, and shelter in place. So, um, let's... And Texas was scheduled to start later in spring football than a lot of those programs, so a lot of them had already been underway too before right. the Big 12 kind of drug its feet, and the SEC as well. They both started Monday, uh, allowing the virtual meetings. But it was, yeah, first, I was kind of surprising that both of those conferences um, were so strict initially when the other three, the Big 10, the ACC, and the Pac-12 were so much shades of gray with what they were able and able, or not able to do. Um, but here's what Tom Herman and Chip had said about what the Big 12 is allowing the Uh, football teams to send to their players, both from an equipment standpoint and then also uh, nutritionally. The the one thing that has me and other, other coaches in the big 12, a little bit upset and a little bit confused is the ability to send your players um, workout equipment, you know, and, and, and tracking device, tracking devices, things of that nature, because they, They've really restricted that moving forward, but yet other conferences have had two weeks of shipping this stuff out to their players, and it, it, um, 
you know, are they going to make those players send it back or what, you know, so we've got to figure out how to um, level the playing field as far as that's concerned. You know, we've come a long way in in terms of providing for, for our student athletes in the last 10, 20 years. And to be quite honest, I wish we would have done more. I, I do know that, um, you you get the the Pandora's box or the slippery slope. You know if if you start being able to send food, next thing you know, you know you're going to have a program sending Omaha steaks. You know every uh, every other day, <laughs> every player or something something like that. You know, so I I I, I get it. I, I do. I'm not oblivious, but I I just wish we we, we would have expanded it maybe just a little bit and maybe it's peanut butter and bread and um you know, cereal, oatmeal, something like that. But uh, for now, it's, you know, if, if it's a powder or a pill or, or an energy bar, uh, as far as I know, we, we can send it. And so we're, we're going we're gonna to send it uh, as much as we can. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, as we continue down this road, maybe the, the powers that be will we'll find a way to, for us to, to get some food to them. But uh, our, our football nutritionist, Craig, Craig Moore, does a, a phenomenal, I mean, phenomenal job uh, of, of monitoring uh, these guys and what they eat. And um, I mean, down to the, you know, hey, take a picture of your, your pantry and show me what's in your pantry and what's in your fridge. And I, I can tell you what you can make and what you should eat and when you should eat it and how much. And, uh, you know, and to, and to have a, a hundred some odd guys that he's doing that that for um speaks volume to to his commitment to our program this this does bother me the um the fact that uh they're not allowing schools to send food meals to their student athletes when that's part of their scholarship and and they can go you know when they go to the athletic dining hall they can go back for seconds it shouldn't really matter um and I get that they're going to bump up the, the scholarship checks during this time to, to pro- provide for food mm-hmm. um, because they're off campus. But it shouldn't matter. I mean, they should be – I mean, you're sending kids out your, or parents or families out grocery shopping in the, the time of coronavirus. I mean, if the schools can send food directly to their homes, they should do that. Yeah, I don't care if it's Omaha Steaks. That's on the school to determine how much money they want to spend on the food to send to their student athletes. But this should not be an area of discrepancy. I mean, this bothers me, especially, and we're going to get into the at-risk players. You're going to hear from Tom Herman talking about what some of these kids are facing right now as they go home mm-hmm. to you know, parents who are out of work, some of whom are unemployed. Uh, that's a that's a big concern for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this is not this is not a situation of oh, they're going to use this as a recruiting advantage or something like that down the road. Right. This is or competitive spe- advantage. We don't even know yeah. when they're competing. Exactly. This is specific to a global pandemic that is going on, and the fact that. The, the food aspect is really the one that got me too, Chip. I agree with you 100% because, you know, there's, the reality is a lot of these 
student athletes would not be able to go to school at Texas without a full ride scholarship. They would not be able to afford to do so. Um, a lot of them without getting tons of student loans and everything to help them out because their families don't have a ton of money. And that's, you know, it's just the way that sports, the college sports world goes with them not being, you know, paid other than just their scholarship money and their stipends that come along with their scholarship. But I think that at this point, this is just such an oversight of a serious situation because Tom Herman is, you know, we're going to hear from him now about at-risk players, but he touches on what the at-risk players are really facing when they have this scholarship check. Well, what if their parents lost a job? Where do you think that money is going? So it's a good segue probably into what Herman said about his players who are at risk and um, his concern over them. The answer is very concerned. Yeah. For a lot of our guys, um, you look at it and you say, uh, well, you know, they, they make $2,000 a month. You know, they should be able to feed themselves. Yeah, I, I know. But when you're living at home with your single mom who, who just got laid off of her, her job as a server at, at, uh, at Cracker Barrel, uh, where do you think that $2,000 is going? That $2,000 is going to pay rent, car notes and, cell phone bills and, and all of that. So uh, I am concerned, um, but, but yeah, to answer your original question, it was the nutrition and, and working out were the, when this thing first started two weeks ago, were the first thing the football was, we'll figure the football part out. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure mm-hmm. all that stuff out. But let's take care of our kids. One, um, from a nutrition standpoint, let's make sure that they're, they've got a safe place to stay. And then, Let's figure out how we keep them in shape, um, and all. And let's figure out how we're going to give them the academic support uh, that they need, you know. And so, for anybody that's complaining about no practice and, and no, they want more meeting time or this, that, and the other. I, I don't, I don't get that, you know. I, I want to make sure our guys are safe, that they're they're fed well, uh, that they they've got the academic support that they need, and, and that they're they're able to stay in shape and the rest of the stuff will take care of itself. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm right on with, with Tom Herman there. I mean, that's a, we, we gotta, we gotta adjust and we're seeing that we're seeing these conferences adjust, uh, to these unbelievable, unprecedented circumstances. And this is an area where they need to adjust. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Well, from uh, another concern of Tom Herman's, uh, he was asked specifically about some of the position concerns that he has with Texas. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to have spring football. I don't know if that will be made up later on down the road. There's so much questions surrounding just the future right now um, over the next few months. But, um, you know, Tom Herman discussed two of his biggest concerns from a position standpoint of areas where the Longhorns really could have benefited from having spring practice. From a position standpoint, the, the, the two that two positions that kind of, you know, come to the forefront of my mind, you know, linebacker and that um, offensive line, you know, to, to, to figure out, um, you know, who our starting five offensive linemen were going to be and, you know, who are our starting two, inside linebackers we're going to be here's the good news taylor Mm -hmm. the good news is 
okay, you gotta you gotta find two new starters on the offensive line, but you've got uh, you've got some experienced guys. I know Denzel Okafor is in the transfer portal, and that's another development um, that's new uh, since last week's podcast. Uh, keep an eye on that one because I'm I'm told that you know the coaches are are working to to reassure Denzel that his best opportunity uh, to get on the field and make an impact is going to be at Texas. They liked the way that he was progressing in, in winter conditioning. Um, but you've got, you know, guys who've got some experience and then you've got guys that they're really excited about guys like Christian Jones and, um, Willie Tyler, in addition to a guy who's been in the program for a while, like Tope Amade. So, You've got some guys who should be able to come in and and really, you know, at least pick up where last year's offensive line left off. And, you know, the offensive line played well against Utah. It, it did not play well down the stretch of the second part of the season after getting off to a great start against LSU and um, the initial part of the season. And then... You know, at linebacker, Marcus Tillman still recovering from the knee surgery, the ACL surgery he had from the injury he suffered last fall. And Delia Dayaway is still recovering from foot surgery from the injury he suffered while working out at home um, during the or right after the season. So um, you weren't going to get a great look at your linebacker position in spring practice anyway so that was probably a, I mean obviously you want to get as much experience for guys like David Benda and Juwan Mitchell and um, you know Byron Vaughn's as possible but you probably weren't going to be able to make any final decisions with regard to the linebacker position until you got into fall camp anyway yeah I, I agree with that because when you know especially with uh, Delia Dayaway when his injury happened like that to me he's probably somebody who needs spring practice the most honestly um, I feel like he's been a player that hasn't necessarily lived up to what has been expected of him and obviously you know he's what a red shirt gonna be a red shirt sophomore so or wait did he red shirt I can't yeah he did yeah so he's gonna be a red shirt sophomore but still he just has not you know he this was a really highly touted prospect and, you know, I know last year was his first year really playing um, for, you know, in a significant role at Texas. But I feel like he's a guy who absolutely needs to prove himself. So you're right. I felt like when when that injury happened, I just thought, oh, my gosh, Texas cannot catch a break with the linebacker position because of how few numbers they have at the position. They're losing Jeffrey McCullough from last year's roster. Juwan Mitchell has already entered the transfer portal. I mean, I know he's back at Texas, but still that's a little bit of a skeptical question mark situation following him. I mean, that position just couldn't catch a break, it felt like. So that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about how this actually doesn't necessarily hurt, per se, the linebackers as much because the ones who are going to be kind of battling for playing time, um, they were not going to be available either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are going to uh, talk to Dennis Dot. Dennis Dot, CBS He's been all over the NCAA ruling regarding 
uh, eligibility for seniors in spring sports that that ruling came down on Monday. And then on the other side of that interview, we'll get back into some more with Tom Herman, including, um, you know, a lot of concern about the installation of the, the new defense under Chris Ash, the revamped offense under Mike Yurcich. You'll hear from Tom Herman on that, as well as recruiting. How do you recruit when the coronavirus has everybody sheltering in place and all you can do is Zoom or, I don't know, FaceTime? FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, uh, and we'll also find out what Tom Herman's been doing um, with his family while sheltering in place. Let's bring in Dennis Dodd uh, from CBS Sports to get his take on the latest NCAA ruling on spring student-athletes eligibility. All right, joined now here on the flagship podcast by Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com. Guy's the best in the business covering all things college athletics. He's also a big-time hockey guy, which I love uh, because, well, I think you're a St. Louis Blues guy. I'm a Red Wings guy, so we're not really on the same page there. But hockey's hockey, Dennis. Yeah, oh, God, and I miss it, like, Oh. Air, I, I miss it. I miss I miss the Austin Ice Bats. How about that? There you go. There's some local reference. How about that? Oh, you, you know, Michelle <laughs> Beadle was a intern for the Austin Ice Bats. Is that right? You got to start somewhere. <laughs> I, I always give her grief about that. She's like, you're the only one who remembers that. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm old. OK, I love that. I remember stuff. So um, but Dennis, uh, you've done a great job covering the NCAA's handling of uh eligibility for for spring sports and it's it's not just seniors it'll be all these uh student athletes who've had their spring season impacted um but it will first touch the seniors and so the ncaa has cleared the way for this to happen um and then it's up to the schools to determine if they're gonna award that uh that scholarship year uh, tell us about the the ruling. Yeah, um, well, it's it's so much in the weeds. I feel like I have to start with March thirteenth when when this happened in the wake of the tournament being canceled. The NCA came out and said, uh, well, actually, it was it was the Council Coordination Committee, which I had never heard of. <laughs> I can't find the roster online. Apparently, it exists. It's three people that work with the NCA, eight people that work with the NCA Council said, yeah, it's a good idea for this to happen. And it, it could easily have been interpreta- interpreted interpreted, to say, yeah, it's going to happen. But last Thursday, as the revenue shortfall became real and the NCAA distribution was 37 cents on the dollar, everybody kind of reconsidered. Last weekend, you know, a couple days ago, was really a flurry of activities. In other words... How are we going to vote? How are these conferences going to vote? It's 40 people on the council, 30, all 32 Division I conferences, and then some other at-large people. But they, there was a lot of hand-wringing over this because of the budgetary constraints. USA Today had a figure last week that said the average school would, if, if this went through, um, as it did go through, the average school would get hit $500,000 to $900,000. Now, Texas can absorb that. You know, Conference USA can't or it's going to be really hard. So I think the poison pill was put in there and you just referenced it. Uh, Any seniors coming back? Yeah, you can come back, but we don't have to give you anything. 
Um, we don't have to give you equal value that you just had for your scholarship. So that's really going to hurt because most of these sports we're talking about, by the way, never, never has so much been written and uh, broadcast about lacrosse, beach volleyball, um, <laughs> rowing, right. yeah, and baseball too, but baseball is a big one in there. But baseball um, are equivalency sports. Most of these sports are equivalency sports where you don't get or you don't have to get a full scholarship. Baseball gets 11.7 to distribute uh, among 35 players. That that's, could be a teeny amount or nothing. So the seniors are basically saying a, as a as a cost-saving maneuver, uh, yeah, you can come back, but we don't have to give you anything. And you can see it happening in programs where they have a hotshot recruiting class coming in. You know, that's just another way of elbowing the seniors out the door. So by and large, it was a right thing to do. There are implications beyond it that are mind-boggling because this is something they considered. I know a lot of people, the, the point was raised, if football was impacted, is what impacted in the fall, what kind of precedent are we setting? Because that would make this look like a walk in the park if you had involved 13,000 FBS football players. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the behemoth. The, yep. uh, um, and it's the meal ticket. And Dennis, I think that um, obviously Kirk Herbstreit sort of rattled uh, the college football world late last week by saying he'd be shocked if there is a college and NFL football season. And while it's possible that this coronavirus pandemic could extend, um, you know, Bob Bowlesby says we're 60 days away from yeah. really modeling what that could look like. Yeah. Were you surprised by Kirk Herbstreet uh, being candid on that? I, I was surprised like everybody else. I give him credit for his candor, especially considering who he's employed by. Um, they have a lot to lose about the, you know, with this. Um, but he's spoken out on stuff before that's been highly, you know, critical. Not critical, but headline grabbing, I'll put it that way. I, I'm not going to criticize him. I mean, that's his opinion. Um, I did a story last week where just suggesting, yeah, that sort of thinking is creeping into everybody's minds now. Now that the decks are clear and we don't have any sports, there's not going to be any sports. Next up is football, you know, five months out. Now it's less than five months, actually. Uh, you know, is, is that going to be impacted? And then I've got a piece going up uh, shortly, you know, addressing that. You know, what does that look like? They're, they're already starting, the, the stakeholders are starting models or modeling what different start times look like. Um, they're not quite there with canceling the season. They want to get it in. But there's so much involved with college football as opposed to to even the NFL. I mean, the NFL, you hear these, uh, you know, these speculation and reporting that they may have a, a central location. Good idea. One in the east, one in the west. Everybody plays there. Um, you don't have to travel. Uh, everybody's sanitized. Well, that would be something you know, that the, the players association would have to sign off on. These are unpaid laborers. And I call them that that's an NIL discussion down the line, but who's their advocate in this? And what happens if in the middle of August, you know, we're given the all clear and one person uh, tests positive. He has to, uh, he has to be quarantined. Everybody else has to be quarantined. He's come in contact with, and all of a sudden you don't have a team. Right. 
So to me, I've been telling people, to me, I almost think you, it has to be eradicated before you come back. And for that to happen, you have to assume it's going to be, for the season not to be impacted, it's going to be eradicated by late August. Can we sit here and, and envision that right now? There's going to be 200,000 deaths. You know, uh, sports, frankly, isn't going to be in the top end of everybody's minds then. So, I, yeah, I, I give it a I – I've on record as saying I give it a 40-60 chance of, of starting on time right now. Yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking about college football and you need to push, push back, I guess you could – and this, no one at Texas wants to hear this. You could cut into the non-conference, and that's yeah. that's Texas LSU on September yeah. 12th in Baton Rouge. Yeah. You don't want to touch that thing, but, I mean, we're talking about a pandemic. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, what do you, yeah, even if you, for some schools, it's going to be Charleston Southern. For other schools, it's going to be a big-time game like that. Um, I've already written about it uh Chris Del Conte told me that they did for that game, <clears throat> just in co- uh, concessions alone for that game last year at uh, Royal Memorial Stadium, they did 2.5 million in concessions. Well, I, I crashed the num- crunched the numbers. That's an average of $22 a person in the in the building. That's a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. When you consider there's kids there, half of them, you know, kids and, and people underage that can't drink alcohol. That's a pretty hefty average for everybody in the building that you're just, you know, if you don't play the game, now this one's at Baton Rouge, but you know what I'm talking about. Right, right. No one can, uh, no one can imbibe and party like the, like yeah. the Cajuns and, and then you get the Longhorns together and that's, I know, <laughs> look, September 12th is my birthday. I was looking forward to celebrating in Baton Rouge because, I mean, you've been there, I've been there. Oh, it's man. A, it's an incredible atmosphere. My and, favorite, my favorite game day experience yeah. yeah so um well we'll we'll have to see uh i guess we're talking about a possible spike around the time that we were used to pay our taxes and and then we'll we'll see from there if if uh you know there's any advancement in terms of medication or anything like that yeah let's hope you know because that's that's the hope but um dennis let me while i've got you and we're we have nothing but time on our hands. Um, realignment, you know, people are kind of looking at that and saying, or possible realignment, or really the the next wave of media rights. And Bob Bowlesby said something on the on the call last week that the impetus for for realignment, cable households, uh, has been diminished greatly by streaming. And and that model is now um, changing, and so the impetus for realignment is is has changed. He said, "The only place you could really get after realignment is, you know, between the Big Twelve and the Pack, or you know, the Ten School Big Twelve and the and the Pack Twelve. It would seem, um, unless you know, the Big Twelve." thought they had the cojones to go after uh, someone in the Big Ten or SEC. It's not going to happen. The money's too good. So Pac-12 is the one that's limping along in its third-tier media rights. Your thoughts on any kind of possibility, especially with Mike Bone, who used to be the athletic director at Colorado when when Colorado left 
the Big 12 to, to this crappy uh, uh, media uh, third-tier television deal in the Pac-12. I mean, it would seem to me you'd have to pull USC into the Big 12 to, to bring any kind of Oh, of course. Equal yeah. stake, right? Otherwise, yeah. we're spinning our wheels. Yeah, any kind of raid like that would have to include probably USC, UCLA, uh, Washington, Oregon. Um, I thought Andy Staples' story on it was brilliant because that's that's the only in this environment right now. That's the only play left. Now things could change with NIL. Things could change with budgetary things coming from this virus. But as things stand now, that's that's the only play left. Um, and I, the, Mike Bones comments were the ones that got everybody nervous. It was to me, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, gig him on it. He just volunteered that, you know, everything's on the, that was the, everything's on the table, independence on the table. And I was talking, I don't even remember what I was talking to him about, and, <laughs> but that's what he volunteered. And that's what everybody got so nervous, but yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a blue blood. It's a brand. It's a reason. Uh, the Big Ten targeted Nebraska because Nebraska turns on televisions from New York to California, uh, or used to, let's put it that way. But yeah, that that would be, if they were of a mind, and now everything's all messed up, if the Big 12 are ever of a mind, that would be brilliant to, to reverse field and actually do that. And, and they would, uh, that would, you know, alter uh, FBS football. You know, I, it, it would relegate the teams left out to the dustbin which you know would have happened to those big 12 teams you know we know how hard baylor lobbied uh texas tech lobbied um you know kansas the 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 idea that kansas could have been playing basketball mountain west or the big east in 2010 remember that i mean you were you were the man you remember that oh yeah you wrote all that it was nuts Um, up and do it to reverse, but, uh, yeah, not going to happen now. Um, Jim Delaney told me once in the mid two thousands that the next round of realignment, uh, in the future, not, you know, he didn't foresee 2010 would be caused by technology, not by market share or demographics. And I couldn't have even thought about what we're talking about now that, yeah, streaming, you know, Yep. is is the coin of the realm and whenever that technology gets monetized because largely it isn't yet netflix has its niche and is not interested in doing any sort of athletics but somebody will monetize it and there'll be enough people subscribers if you want to call them to watch i i think that i actually think the pac-12 is banking on that because their financial situation and their network is so bad that their banking on the technology arrives where, you know, you'd have a broad uh, swath of people able to watch it because right now it doesn't. And you know what the, the implications have been They're They're not competitive in the playoff. They're revenue. There's, there's open infighting within the conference. They're losing recruits from the West coast. When's the last time you saw Clemson and Alabama reach across the country and get the top two, quarterbacks you know in the country from california that's never happened right you wouldn't even dream of it happening and it just happened right so it's that kind of thing the competitive nature so something to think about well and i've said that um 
you know, the next wave of realignment needs to be collective bargaining by the Power Five because that's where the most money is. And, and typically we end up where the most money is. And it would take a lot. I mean, it would take a college football commissioner with great vision. You'd have to lobby Congress to, you know, keep the nonprofit status, the tax exempt status by saying, hey, any new revenue that comes in is going to be used for a concussion database, better health insurance for student athletes yeah. beyond their time here, um, the image and likeness, you know, and have all of that, you know, to convince Congress not to think that it's the NFL's minor league farm system, which it is. Yep. Um, and, you know, and obviously you're talking about university presidents and not team owners who are who are motivated more by money than than university presidents but um you know that it, it doesn't seem like we're there yet and you know the question like you just said is streaming going to be able to sustain you know the the financial um numbers that we're seeing right now in terms of revenue distribution among the power five or, or is it, is there going to be a correction? Yeah. I, well, and then not to even mention, I think there's going to be a profound impact on society, a profound impact on the economy, uh, a profound impact on college athletics. We're going to come out of this. I think, uh, with less teams playing big time football, uh, sports being dropped, layoffs massive layoffs because of the just because of the impact of this economically the uh, just, yeah, yes yes um and you know whatever whatever that looks like May, maybe uh smaller scholarship limits uh so schools can can afford it and then that takes away opportunities frankly from from athletes coming out of high school but they will do anything to preserve the core business and that's that's football you right. know i I've said that they, the future of athletics may look like football, basketball, and however many women it takes to balance off Title IX, and that's your athletic department. And this isn't a new idea. Sports Illustrated, George Dorman, I think, years ago, did a cover story on this where he suggested something like this to, to rein in costs and, and make it more of an amateur enterprise. And I think the central question was, why, why can't those other sports be club? You know, what's what's the why do they legally have to be? Club? And, and the answer is that there isn't. The NCA has set arbitrary um, sponsorship sizes sizes on sports. It's twelve or fourteen. I can't remember what it is. No one's ever explained why why there's sponsorship limits at all. Right. You know, it, it they all they are is a burden on you know for football to produce revenue to support them. And, and I get the experience. I get all that. But there's only one, you know, the big, the big dog on any campus, on any FBS campus, 80% of the budget is football. Right. So you're either going to change the entire model and say football isn't 80% or you're going to protect percent. And so I just, I just think smaller salaries, smaller staffs, smaller athletic departments and sports they sponsor and whatever that, whatever that looks like in the future. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fascinating because, um, 
you know, it, uh, I, I do think we'll get a expanded college football playoff before we get any kind of realignment. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. I do. Um, I think we're at eight by 25. Yeah. We're, uh, we're halfway through the contract and, uh, of the playoff contract and nothing, there's no reason to suggest there's going to be expansion of the bracket before then there doesn't need to be, uh, ESPN's making money. All the schools are making money. Um, they're really, frankly, in the big picture, there hasn't been a controversy of, of, of note, you know, the first year Baylor and TCU, um, I just keep telling people, everybody who deserved to play for a national championship, these first six years have basically been in it. Um, you know, there, there might, there might be a discussion here or there. But it hasn't failed like the BCS has failed. You know, where an unbeaten SEC champion like Auburn in 2004 or three, I can't remember, didn't even get a sniff. Right. Um, Undefeated. and didn't. Yeah. So, no, it, 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 it's working. Everybody's making money. Um, and that's why they will do anything, anything to preserve this season in some form short of short of canceling it. You know, I even saw a suggestion. I couldn't find where he wrote it. Dan Wolken of um, uh, USA Today said there's a suggestion from somebody they start in January. I don't see that. Uh, but maybe that's out there. Uh, somebody really, I don't know where this came from sports business journal. Uh, this was last Friday. Cause I, I poo pooed it on Twitter. Somebody was, you know, obviously a source had told somebody, yeah, they may start in July to beat the second wave of the virus. As outlandish as that sounds. Yes, let's use these players as human shields to get some football in. And so I I immediately tweeted, I have heard no one of substance talking about this. But But my point is, you can see the desperation setting in. And I'm not even saying it's bad. They right. want to get they want to get their money as long as they do it, you know, in a in a tasteful manner. Right. But you're going to see some things here. I mean, you know, uh, conference games only, you know, central location to play games so they don't have to travel, empty stadium. I don't know. I mean, I I, I really think it's all on the table. Maybe I, the solution hasn't even been thought of yet. I agree. I mean, when you talk about the you you said it. I mean when football is responsible for 80% yeah. of the revenue that each school brings in and it, and the, it pays for everything else. You have to find a way to, to make that season happen. Yeah. And college football as an enterprise is worth $6.5 billion. That's an average of $51 million a school. Now Texas is way over 200 million, but when you think about the average school is 51 million in their budget, that's a huge number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dennis, you are the man. You do great work. You know, I've been a a huge fan of yours um, for years and we love having you on uh, as part of the CBS family, uh, the the 24 seven sports family in the CBS family. And um, man, we'll, uh, I'll probably be calling you in 60 days to, to get the, the modeling. Well, hell, I'm 60 to 90 days. You got a story coming out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wham, bam. I'll send everyone 
uh, to CBSSports.com. And, of course, uh, you can follow uh, Dennis on Twitter, Dennis Dodd CBS. Um, man, really, really appreciate you. you. You safe? Everything okay? Yeah, just uh, my wife and I for now and just hunkered down, yeah. Um, getting a lot of uh, wine studies in, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. You have to. Whatever it takes. I, my co-host on the morning show that I do here had uh, one of those memes that said, um, DWI checkpoint uh, from the living room into the kitchen. <laughs> You've been warned. That's right. Yeah. You've been drinking, sir? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. And I'm going back for more. So I like it. Yeah. Well, All Dennis, right. hang in there and uh, be safe, and we'll talk soon. All right, Chip. Thank you. Good All luck. right, there he is. Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com, and the flagship podcast rolls on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Great stuff with CBS Sports reporter Dennis Dodd. It was really interesting to hear him talk about that schools are going to be doing whatever they possibly can to salvage a football season, even if it means pushing it back you know, later in January or whatever it may be, if it did get to that point. But gosh, I hope it doesn't get to that point because uh, that would be pretty brutal for college football fans, you know, students across the country, and then for us too, Chip. I mean, geez. Could you imagine not having football until January? I don't know what I would do with myself. So, and and all, I will say one thing: I do think it's it's always really interesting, in my opinion, to hear you talk about realignment because you know, uh, for those who may not know, Chip was the one who kind of broke the story about when the Big Twelve and you know Texas and the Pac-12 was going to expand its its uh, footprint by adding teams. That Chip was the one ahead of the the story. He had ESPN citing him, everything throughout that entire process. So it's always really interesting to hear you talk about that. Well, thank you. Thanks, Taylor. It's Yeah, it's fun to, to – I respect Dennis so much. Uh, I've known him for 20-plus years, and the guy is relentless. And so it's fun to, to talk about the possibilities as everyone, you know, starts to think about where are we headed – and there's still a lot of unknowns about where we're going in terms of the media rights negotiations that are that are coming up in the next couple of years with the Power Five and and how much is streaming going to play a role? And 
And how is streaming going to be able financially to to either match or improve what ESPN, Fox, you know, the the traditional TV partners who've tended to rely on cable um, households, you know, how are they? How is streaming going to be financially viable, and how are they going to, you know, be able to pay uh, the same kind of rights distribution that? the conferences currently have it's a it's very much a question up in the air so always always good to to talk to dennis um taylor we teased it going into that interview that we have more with tom herman and let's uh let's start off with the installation of the new defense under chris ash and the revamped offense under mike yursich because a lot of texas fans we're thinking, oh my gosh, we're not going to get the offense and defense installed without spring practice. Well, Tom Herman, always thinking ahead that, that Tom Herman. <laughs> that meant that. Here we go. Defensive installation, um, you know, and offense for, from, from a certain standpoint. I know Mike's brought in a, a ton of, of great ideas and, you know, he's, He's done a good job of adapting his language a little bit uh, to, to what our, our players know. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely thankful that, you know, the NCAA kind of um, lightened uh, their stance a little bit a few years ago. We, you started seeing uh, – in the winter it used to be – it was like the summer where you couldn't be around your players at all. And – you know, they moved to, um, you know, having two hours of film session, and then it, it evolved into on-the-field uh, position-specific conditioning drills, and then uh, just recently moved into, uh, you know, uh, where they're permitting walkthroughs. And so we, we took full advantage of that, you know, uh, most of – not most of, I mean – Really, all of the normal down and distance offense and defense is installed. Uh, you know, we, we didn't get to the kind of the specialty situations, the uh, third down, short yardage, goal line, tight red zone, stuff like that. But um, those, uh, those are usually very, very small packages to begin with. So, um, you know, the, the, so, so the kids have it all. They've walked through it all. Um, the, the only thing that, that we're missing is, is the, the actual physical reps. And so um, we're going to need, you know, some, some time to, to get those physical reps. Uh, but the, the scheme part of it, especially with the, the meetings that our coaches will be having with these players, I don't, I don't have any doubt that the scheme and the knowledge of it that will be there, but the, the, the body reps is, is what, um, you know, we're missing right now. All right. Well, that is good news for Texas fans right there because um, the, the offense, the defense are in, and it, it was in winter conditioning. And, and so now they've obviously got to rep it and get those physical reps, as, as Tom Herman said, and the muscle memory that comes with that, uh, and that will have to happen uh, either 
in a modified spring practice or in fall camp. So, but the good news is, is they're in the schemes right. are in. And so they have at least some working knowledge of it, Taylor. And that's, uh, that's big because when you bring on seven new assistant coaches and there's a whole lot of new going on, the players need reassurance and, and knowledge to feel confident and not, not be uncertain. Right. And it's kind of, I was actually kind of surprised that he spoke so openly about that chip because I feel like, you know, last week at Horns 24 seven, and if you're not a member, make sure you join now actually, because we are running a special for 75% off your first year of a Horns 24 seven membership. This is only good for, this is a flash sale. So it's only good for a few days. It's going to end very soon. So definitely make sure you uh, get on board Horns 24 seven to always stay in the loop. But, you know, last week we, we do a question each week where we have the staff answer a certain topic surrounding UT athletics. And last week's question was, does no spring practice or the potential of not having spring practice for Texas give Tom Herman a pass in 2020 since he has, you know, revamped his staff, added seven new assistant coaches. And I feel like he kind of shut the door even more so on the possibility that some people may be like, oh, if they struggle, you know, they didn't get spring ball, they didn't have, you know, whatever it may be. I was surprised to hear him do that because, you know, normally um, anytime that you, you know, demolish your staff, you're only putting yourself on the hot seat. And people are looking at Texas in 2020 thinking this is going to be the year. If there's any year that Texas is going to make a run, it's probably 2020 with a, you know, a, um, a senior quarterback and Sam Ellinger, a ton of talent around him. 16 starters returning from last year's roster. And Tom talked about this also on the call with the media, but he, he mentioned the one good thing about having an inexperienced team like there was in 2019 is, well, their experience going into 2020. So I was kind of surprised to hear him not, you know, kind of be so open about how much of the, the scheme and everything has been installed, even without the live reps. I feel like he just kind of you know, gave any upper, you know, possibility of him not uh, being able to use it as an excuse, kind of like that went out the window. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, <laughs> hey, he's he's got an experienced team. He can't hide. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. just the facts. So yeah. he knows that he got a chance to reset his staff and and he's got an experienced team and the expectations are going to be high, even though. Uh, it was a seven-win regular season and an eight-and-five uh, finish. He let go of his staff after the seven-and-five uh, season, and then well, started. You know, yeah, and then right, and was in the process of replacing um, some coaches. By the time they beat Utah in the Alamo Bowl to go eight and five. All right, Taylor. I know that um, everyone are recruiting. Uh, junkies out there are, you know, we, we usually leave the recruiting to, to Rochi, Mike Roach and Nick Harris and Bobby. Uh, but Tom Herman was, of course, was asked, how is Texas handling recruiting in this time of the, uh, sheltering in place? Thanks to Corona. I don't know how impactful those, those would be. I mean, at, at, at the end of it, I mean, we don't even know when the next time we're going to even be able to step foot on campus. Um, so they're going to have a, a digital junior day of, of my house. 
like I mean, that's, I don't know, um, you know, what that would look like. To be honest with you, I, I just, you know, I, I think you've got to get the creative juices flowing. Um, you know, we, we already do so much uh, to to set ourselves apart in recruiting. Uh, you know, we, we talked. I'm just kind of giving you a peek inside. We talked about, you know, if this thing lasts a while, you know, maybe it's you know having a virtual home visit where you, you sit down and 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 literally eat dinner with a, a kid and his family, you know, while while you're eating dinner at your house during FaceTime or Zoom or something like that. So there's things that we've talked about. Exactly ready to, to implement anything. I, I think because again, hopefully we can you know shelter in places lifted here in two weeks and and we can kind of get in and out of our office, you know, practicing safe social distancing, which would help a little bit, you know, getting back on campus. But um, until we know probably that for sure, in, in terms of that being when are we going to be able to truly be on our campus i think it's it's just all about constant communication that's, that's all you can do at this point because um, i mean at the end of the day a virtual junior day i mean if the if the kids don't know you by now even the juniors the 2022s then they're way behind anyways yeah i mean um here's the other thing taylor about uh because he opened his comments talking about he was asked a question about some other schools doing virtual junior days. Right. The other thing for Texas right now is their football complex is smashed. Yeah. They don't have a great, uh, they don't have a, they're not really ready to show off their new house yet. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to have a time where you don't have junior days, this actually might be the right time for Texas. Now we'll, you know, we'll get into, um, you know, Tom Herman talking about that. Maybe I sit down and have dinner um, online when a recruit is sitting down and we have a, a virtual in-home visit. You know, that makes sense. But I don't know that Texas was really in a position to host a virtual junior day right now. <laughs> no, you're totally right. You're absolutely right. And I thought that was actually kind of interesting um, to hear him say that about the possibility of doing a virtual in-home dinner with the family, you know, sitting at the table, whatever it may be. I mean, that's that uh, it, I would have not thought of something like that, but it, that actually might be kind of a cool experience, I think, for some uh, recruits, you know, that if they can have a sit down meal, even if it's via FaceTime or Zoom or whatever it may be with the head coach at a program like Texas. I mean, that that seems like it would that's not something Tom Herman would be able to do with every recruit that they're going after that would be you know that would to me show the ones that they really really want that they're really interested in if he were to go and do that I feel like if I was a recruits parent and a coach offered that up to me knowing that they did not do it to everybody I would I would feel that that would set you apart yeah yeah no doubt about it um okay so what has Tom Herman been up to (laughs) uh the big 12 hamstrung him and said no meetings, no nothing. So for two weeks, Tom Herman was at his house with his family. What was he doing? Yeah. Well, one thing, so this is not going to be included in the clip. One thing he has been doing, he did watch 
Tiger King, the Netflix documentary, which is just absolutely beyond crazy, and then Ozarks. But aside from his uh, viewing pleasures, this is what Tom Herman has been doing with his family. The silver lining in all of this, um, if there is one, is the, the time with your family. You know, I, I, Michelle and I marveled the other day. Um, you know, last week we sat down, all five of us, to a sit-down dinner five days in a row. And because of the kids' schedules and, you know, the, the age differences and all that, so I, I don't know that we've sat down to a family dinner five times in the last year combined. And so I've played more Uno and Monopoly and Game of Life and <laughs> ping pong and cornhole and, than I'd have ever imagined. But, but it has been really, really cool to, to be around my kids as, and, and my wife as, as much as we have. Love it. Love human it. side, a human side of Tom Herman. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that he said, I got to figure out a way to make this happen when the day-to-day grind gets back because look, Tom Herman's a guy comes from the urban Meyer mold. <clears throat> he burns that one and oh, excuse me, one and oh culture into his assistant coaches, his players. He's the bad cop. A lot of times, um, with the assistants and the and the players, and refreshing to hear him value that stuff. Yeah, because you know the one thing that I don't think a lot of you know fans really know the type of grind that these collegiate coaches go through, especially at a program like Texas. Is yes, I understand they get paid a lot of money when you just look at the dollar figure. But if you were to calculate the amount of hours they put in, not just in the season. But think about recruiting, you know, they're gone a lot of times for weeks at a time from their family, don't get to see them because they're on the road. Then in season, you know, I mean, sometimes they'll even, you know, stay at the facility. And even um, I believe it was Jay Valai told us about that with Chris Ash when he was at Rutgers, you know, he or no, I'm sorry, it was when Chris Ash was the uh, defensive coordinator at Wisconsin and Jay Valai was a player And he said that he just knew this guy ate and breathed and slept football because he would stay at the facilities. Well, I think a lot of that is because they're there so late that they don't want to drive home, you know, after a while. And so um, it is really difficult for, I think, head coaches, coaching staffs in general in college football, especially at big time power five programs like at Texas or, you know, Texas A&M, Alabama, Clemson or whatever, for them to actually find that family time because their schedules are so demanding. So it's, yeah, I think it's good. That's, as Tom said, you know, the one silver lining, if there is any um, in this pandemic is the time that you are able to spend with loved ones. And he sounds like he's, you know, enjoying that time for the time being. I, I don't know. Are you enjoying that time as much? Cause I'm kind of wondering if I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we're all, uh, we're all learning stuff. I mean, I'm bonding with my 17-year-old son in, in ways that uh, I have to say it's a little bit refreshing. He and I have been playing a lot of Uno mm-hmm. and watching. Uh, we watched a season of uh, The Boys on Amazon Prime about these superheroes that are they're like corporate and kind of corrupt uh, superheroes. It's kind of it's dark. I'm still trying to decide if I'm I'm in for season two, but
but uh, and now we're gonna start Ozarks together. Uh, yeah, that's what Tom. You watched too. Ozarks? No. So I I'm not very good when it comes to watching new series. I have to be really really focused on it, um, just because my ADD just makes my brain go everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, if it doesn't grasp me right away. Um, I usually don't watch it. So my my husband and I actually kind of have a little bit of a system in place where uh, if there's a show that he's mentioned wanting to watch, I always suggest that he watches the first episode first, and then he'll know if I would be intrigued with it or not. Um, I think it was called The Outsiders might be is that an HBO show. I think that's the one that he's been talking about lately, but it's kind of scary and and uh, full disclosure, I used to get like nightmare, nightmares when I'd watch the walking dead and then stranger things. So I stopped watching both of those shows because of it. So when he told me it's kind of scary, I was like, or a thriller or some sort, I was like, well, you know what I had bad dreams with. So maybe you should watch it first. So <laughs> I'm not great when it comes to starting new series, but I mean, a lot of people seem to like that Ozarks. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know what it's really about. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to dive in, I guess. Uh, right. I'll, I'll have an update for you next week. Yeah, I definitely need a review of that because uh, I'm not going to start watching a show that <laughs> doesn't have a payoff at the end. So. Well, and Taylor, tell everyone about the incredible special going on right now for for new annual members. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so for two days only, uh, beginning Wednesday, we are running a 75% off annual memberships to Horns 24-7. So basically you get an entire year of VIP Texas Scoop for, I believe it ends up being less than $25. So basically about $2 a month will get you um, the next year uh, to stay in the loop on all Texas news. And we always recommend going with the annual plan because with the annual plan, not only do you get free access to all of Horns 24-7 VIP content, but you also get free access to read content across the network. So if you want to know, you know, Texas starts the season. Um, one of the first games of the season is LSU. If you want to go over to the LSU site and read what they're saying about the team leading up to the 2020 football season, you get that access with a Horns 24-7 annual membership. So definitely take advantage of that. You have two days to take advantage of it, and then it's going to be gone. So I recommend doing it now. Don't, don't wait. Do it now. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Taylor, great stuff. And be looking, everyone, be looking for the uh, podcast uh, with Eddie Reese, the 14-time national championship men's swimming coach at Texas, uh, a treasure. We talked about Earl Campbell, a treasure for Texas. Don't forget about Eddie Reese. He's only won 14 national championships. And um, I think I think you're going to love that that podcast. So, uh, thanks to Taylor. Taylor, you're amazing. You you get more done in a day. You get more done in an hour than most people get done in a day. Thanks for all you do uh, to make Horns 24-7 the best Texas team site anywhere on the best network when it comes to college athletics, 24-7 sports. Um, this is the winning team. And thanks for listening to the flagship podcast We'll, uh, we'll do it again next week. Hey, everybody be safe, be safe, be safe, and keep the faith. 
From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!